So you're mentioning about the colder weather where you're at and you're a warm weather guy. What I'm finding is, I think it's because of years of being a fitness instructor, everything's starting to really creak. <laughs> and I find with the damp, like I say, damp weather and lots of yeah. rain, like it's just steady, you know, um, rain. Um, everything seems to be a little like the bones and everything is is as much sore like sore everything's sore right Ab absolutely right you know and i remember once when we went to maui in november that's when everybody here leaves right the snowbirds everybody psh, there's a good right. reason okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and i remember we went to maui in november in november and it was fantastic that heat the warmth and then right I was running and doing all this stuff and then I got home and I thought oh my god what have I done to my body <laughs> right just because of the damp you know right yeah right absolutely and and, and cold weather hurts me it <laughs> okay. it, it really does uh, and the getting older and and you know I've had some injuries in my life you know uh and and those injuries still hurt when it gets cold so I've got to live where it's warm most of the time so yeah. That's why I like it where I live now. Yeah. Yeah. We'll we'll both stay away from that Alberta cold, hey. <laughs> oh, okay, absolutely. I'm, I'm I'm good with that. Yeah. So uh, so let's get started here. Uh I'm sure right. listeners are wondering what we're doing today. So welcome everyone to the art studio. You know who I am. My name is Joanna. I'm the author of The Unraveling in Dealer's Child and be, you know, Canadians, we got to promote. We just got to promote. So I'm happy to say, Dealer's Child cracked Amazon's top 100. Let's forget about being modest, people. Okay? <laughs> it's time we, we hang that coat up, all right? So Amazon topped, I mean, the unrav not the unraveling, Dealer's Child topped Amazon's top 100. Came in at number 60, number 64. I'm pretty pretty excited about that so today I have Benny Sims on the podcast and we're going to do something a little different here um, I'm actually a huge fan of Jerry Seinfeld's Netflix show called comedians in cars getting coffee so Benny and I have been chatting and uh, as you can tell from the introduction there and I'm calling this episode Authors Across the Border Drinking Coffee. And Benny and I both, I've got mine. Benny, I've got my my coffee here. You got yours? Got it right here. Yeah, and it got says it right I write. Here. What does that say? I write. Don't, that's your. What? What's your superpower? Okay, okay. I write. What's your superpower? Okay. So writing is a superpower. I got it. I got it. Yeah. So straight coffee, I made myself something special. I've been making mochas lately. Uh, no, I don't drink, uh, I guess call it straight. It's coffee with a little, I have to have a little sugar in it. Uh, okay. But I drink the, the dark roast coffee, something with yeah. a little, little strength to it, a little oomph to it. Yeah. Uh, actually, dark roast has less caffeine than lighter roast coffee so i that that means i have to drink more coffee to get yeah. the caffeine yeah. kick from it so uh but yeah that 
uh, I don't put anything in it, and I, and I typically don't drink any uh, special flavors like you know spice coffee or anything yeah. like that. I, I just drink straight dark roast coffee with a little bit of sugar in it. Okay, and um, I sometimes feel like I'm the only one in BC who doesn't like pumpkin spice. Don't, <laughs> right? Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if I like it or not because I've never had it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. so I, uh, I'll say, no, I don't like it because I don't know what it tastes like. So yeah. I, well, it's like everyone, so. everything up here is being flavored pumpkin spice. So yeah. 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 Bleach their own. So Benny, how about you tell our listeners what you've been up to, your writing achievements, your books? Well, uh, you had me on back in May yeah. for a really great little talk that it, it, it was one of the longer talks. We went well over an hour, which was yeah. a lot of fun. Uh, but uh, we were talking about my book, Code Gray. Okay. That had, that had uh, uh, come out the year before. Um, and uh, glad to say that uh, there, I've got two new things about Code Gray. Um, it, last week, uh, we just started doing the audio recording. It's going to be an audio book. Uh, that, that's getting underway. And, and uh, Mike Everhart is the one doing the narration. And, and um, he's developing the sound of all the characters and everything. Uh, and I'm working with him on that. And then in August, I attended a writer's conference in Nashville called Killer Nashville. And, and it is it's actually one of the larger uh, thriller, mystery, suspense, and supernatural writers conferences in North America. It, and it's, it's highly respected. And I had entered Code Gray in uh, uh, their their contest for best mystery. And I'll be dead gum if that thing didn't win. Code Gray won best mystery at at Code Gray, which was has been the highlight of my career so far. Uh, so I'm kind of still riding that wave Excellent. of, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm still kind of elated about that. Excellent. Uh, Congratulations. Uh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And, and, uh, I'm currently writing in the middle of writing the sequel to it. The good. Code Gray. Good, good, so, good. I've got, got a ways to go on that. Yeah. Yeah. And we're going, we're going to talk about, you know, writing different books. And I know you have some questions for me. Right. I sure do. Okay. <laughs> I sure do. I so sure do. do. You... Let me let, let me let me let me start this off. Okay? Yeah. If you don't mind. If you no, don't mind, go for it. I've got to say, you do a great job on your podcast of of introducing uh, other writers to 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 your your fans and, yeah. and the public. But you know what? I think your fans want to know some about you. Okay. <laughs> yeah. We know I'm a fan of yours and we don't know quite enough about you and your writing process and, and your influences and things like that. So I want to get into, you know, yeah, we'll talk about some of my stuff too, but I want to talk about your stuff if you don't mind. Sure. Definitely. So, so let me start this off with the first question. Okay. All right. Yeah. Tell us about. The series, the, the the Jade and Sage mysteries. Okay. About the how that started. Okay. What was the idea for that? So originally, with the unraveling, my primary focus was this heroine Jade, who 
is a lawyer. She does prosecutions. And it started from seeing far too many TV shows in Canada where <laughs> the, the American justice system is portrayed, right? Because we, we, um, we were getting our Canadian content, but, you know, yeah, I grew up watching Law & Order. I grew up watching a lot of American television, okay? Right, right. And working in the prosecutor's office, I don't know how many times I'd sit there and I'd say, we don't do that up here, right? And my husband's like, okay, fine, Joe, <laughs> right? We don't do that up here, <laughs> right? You know? So um, I just thought I wanted to portray the Canadian legal system. And um, so I thought, okay, let's start with your heroine. She's a lawyer. And this is something I'm curious about with the U.S. is we can have a lawyer... She can be hired as an ad hoc crown counsel, so she can prosecute. But she could also, let's say after she's done that case, she can then go defend somebody, okay? Mm -hmm. So you can be hired by the government and definitely be a government lawyer, crown counsel. But then if they're too busy, they then like hire on contract lawyers. So right. I don't know if that's in the U.S., but I thought, okay, let's do this. And I have to have her be an ad hoc crown counsel when I want her to be a prosecutor because our prosecutors cannot investigate. They cannot investigate anything. So how do you write a crime novel if your heroine can't investigate? Okay. Right. You right. know, so I thought, okay, how am I going to do this? So I thought, okay, if she's defense sometimes, then she can look into things that are not related to a file or if they are related she definitely has to be on the defense side okay so uh it started with her jade and uh she had a sister or she has a sister but she, the sister didn't play too much into the first book and uh right and also with the first book i mentioned the mother's ghost and right. uh, the mother didn't have a name, thank God, because that was something my editor was looking up with book two. Like, did she name her? <laughs> you know? Oh, Cause yeah. Because right. in book two, right. I came up with a name. So um, it's basically going to be a series involving this female lawyer. Sometimes she does prosecution. Sometimes she does defense work. And I like trying to take a legal case and for example with book one it had to do with you needed a special warrant to search a law office so that was something i learned so i thought okay let's work with this and so that helped with the plot of book one okay now okay. i have heard and i'm curious of what you have to say um about a series arc and i'm writing book two and it's a completely different book from book one some same characters um no book two has come out some same characters some new characters but it's a completely different book and now book three that i'm working on now again completely different completely like there i want someone to be able to pick up book two and start reading it and not be thinking, oh, darn, I need book one to understand what's going on in book two, you know? I, right, I, right. I want them, each book, to be a standalone. But then 
I hear people talk about a series arc. And honestly, Benny, I haven't given much thought to that yet. Like, have have you thought about a series arc? Uh, I, I've had like a, a little bit of a thought in my mind. Like, you know, my my main character is is, a, is an FBI agent named Bodie Anderson. Yeah. Uh, and I've thought about, okay, I know how the the series is starting, and you know, a couple of the middle stories. Uh, you know, a couple of the middle books, if I do say four or five books, I don't know how many I'm going to do, but I've also, I've also thought about, do I eventually want to end this series? Do I want to kill off my main character? How do I want to do that? Or do I want to do that? Cause so, yeah, I have thought about that, but I certainly haven't resolved that question yet. I don't know what I'm going to do. No, no. And you know, just the other day, I was thinking about, okay, I'm working on book three, which is really cool. And I don't know about you, but I found it's like book two came out. I had a month kind of a break getting some things together for like a book launch. And then after about a month, I was starting with book three, you know, so. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, yeah. So you were you were still, uh, you know, with that short amount of time between yeah. books basically you were still in the in the mode of you know your character very well you yeah because you know if you i found that if you take a too long of a break yeah you kind of forget about what your character is like you know you forget little nuances and their little habits and their little quirks and and you even forget some minor characters that yeah. you may want to bring back yeah. uh so you were um within a month of, 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 you know, your second book, you were, you were starting your third. So it's almost like you were just writing another, no, uh, the same novel with just a, a different plot. Yeah. They're, novel, they're, right? they're, yeah. They're going off on a different path now. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Yeah. Right. So what are you working? You said you're working on the next, next the sequel to. Yeah. Sequel to Code Gray. Uh, here's the thing. When I wrote Code Gray, uh, you know, we talked about this back in May that it took me nine years to write it. You know, it, um, when I finished it, I never even thought about turning it into a series. Uh, my publisher asked me to do that. And I thought, oh, OK, you know, and I've actually had some other people who, who have read Code Gray are like, you're going to make a series out of this, right? When's the secret? Okay. So some, some people want a series. Um, so I'm, I'm writing uh, the, the, the sequel to it now. Uh, and now I, it, as soon as I finished Code Gray, I started writing a, a different novel, a totally different novel. And it's the one that's one of these days, I don't know when, but it's going to be published. Uh, yeah. I expected it that it was going to be published by the end of the summer, but yeah. I haven't heard anything yet. But it's a totally different story, different characters. It's told from first person. Code Gray was told in third person. Yeah. Uh, it's a serial killer yeah. type, type story. Uh, and, and, and it took me a few years to write that. Uh, but it's ready to go. Basically, uh, last I heard, it's in editing, and I don't know when it's going to be published. So, yeah. uh, but with uh, the sequel to Code Gray, I've got, you know, I'm a quarter of the way finished with it. I've kind of slacked off on my writing, uh, and I've in my head, I've got 
you know, we talked about character arc. I've yeah. got another, at least another two stories after this one that I'm writing that I could I could turn into a, a Bodie Anderson story. So yeah. we'll see what happens with that. Good, good. Okay, so yeah. you're talking about, it's mile marker zero, isn't it, with the serial killer? That's the name of the book, right? Okay. Mile marker zero. It, it okay. was it was originally titled Fifty Two. Okay. Uh, and the reason I called it that is because it's a serial killer who is. Uh, you don't mind me describing, you no. know, what the book's about? No. Uh, it, it's it's a, a serial a serial killer. The guy became a, uh, a he was a lifetime loser. In life. Yeah. I mean, just nothing. He he couldn't accomplish his goals in life. So he's mad at the world, and he decides that uh, since he's mad at the world, he's going to just start killing people. And he sets a goal. He he sets a goal for himself of killing one person a week for an entire year. Yeah. And that's why I call the book 52, because of, you know, 52 weeks in a year. Uh, but uh, I didn't like the title 52. It just didn't have some oomph to it. You know, it just didn't. It wasn't very catchy. Yeah. Uh, so... Uh, uh, he, he travels the, the United States, uh, drives all over the lower 48 United States, just crisscrosses the country back and forth, killing people. Yeah. And uh, so with the, the highways uh, involved and, you know, of course, highways have mile markers to, sh you know, right. show distance. I, I called the book Mile Marker Zero. Okay. Uh, and, and I kind of like the word zero. I don't know why I'm just weird, I guess. <laughs> uh, but but uh, uh, zero, mile marker zero comes into play uh, towards the end of the book. Um, and and there's twists and turns along the way, you know, little things that happen. Uh, and it's got some humor to it. And, and like I said before, it's told in first person. Yeah. So. Well, that makes me think about, like, it's such a different point of view. Like, you shared a couple of the chapters with me, which, thank you, I, I read them yeah. and I, I shred them after, right? <laughs> Just, yeah. you know, it's not printed <laughs> okay. yet, it's being right. shredded. And right. um, But no, I understand. I mean, when you share stuff like that and it hasn't come out yet, I understand that. So, yeah, it's being shredded. Right. Um, but the point of view, because we, you and I both, we have bad guys in our novels, so I was wondering, how difficult was it writing from your murderer's point of view? Um, or was it there was something about this character that you kind of understood his perspective? Okay. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I found that writing from his point of view was far easier Really? Than write, writing in third person, and I don't know why. I I kind of kid with people before, yeah. and I say this this serial killer book is basically a, an autobiography. Oh, it's just the story of my life. <laughs> I was going to say, what does your wife think? <laughs> the, but it's not because I mean, come on. I mean, I've never crisscrossed the country, yeah. you know. Yeah. And, uh, so um, I did find it easier. Uh, some of his personal frustrations, especially uh, career-wise, yeah. uh, I totally understood those. Yeah. Uh, been through some myself, um, so it, I, I found it much easier okay. to, to, to write this novel. Uh, now, sequel to Code Gray that I'm writing now, I'm finding that it's more difficult than writing the original Code Gray. It, it, really? It's really, t yeah, it's really tough for me yeah. to come up with a plausible 
uh, crime, okay. you know, a uh, uh, antagonist. It, it, it's really, really tough. I'm, I'm, I'm slogging through it. Okay. I'm slogging through it. Uh, but uh, and I'm sure you know, uh, with your with with Dealer's Child, you maybe had some issues with it. Now, and what's the name of your third novel going to be? Well, Do you have a title? Well, right now I'm looking at um, calling it Downtown Spy. That's what I'm looking at. Downtown Cause, spy. Because it's it's it will involve a spy. Okay. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know what I'm finding though is it's almost like now that you kind of know what you're doing, you kind of second guess yourself more. That's what I'm finding. Yes, I I, I can I can understand that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it got mm-hmm. to a point last weekend where it, this is, I've been doing Nano Nano Remo for the last mm-hmm. week. And right. just the stuff, it's first draft. Okay. And I'm just typing yeah. it down. And I, I'm getting so caught up on, okay, well, this isn't in Jade, this scene isn't in Jade's point of view, or this scene isn't in Adam's point of view, or and it got to the point where I thought, okay, I'm taking the dog for a walk because I, I do all my best thinking <laughs> when I'm walking. Okay, and I <laughs> I text Pip, my editor, and I said, you know what? It was how are you doing? And she says, oh, I'm just watching the hockey game. And I thought, of course, right? <laughs> you know. Right. And um, she said, what's up? And I told her, I said, I am so caught up in thinking about the finished product, and it's like. I want to write it so that there won't be so much, like I know the work that's involved to get it to that finished product. So I'm trying to stop myself from making, dare I say, mistakes now. So, and I said, and I've got these different points of view and it's driving me nuts. And, you know, she just said to me, she said, Joanna, put down the porridge, okay? (laughs) Just put down the porridge. And then you can work it out later. And I thought, okay. But it, it's almost like I needed someone's permission to say, just put it down, right? Don't get right, right. wrapped up in the final product yet, right? Right, so, right. Yeah. Uh, I, think, I think maybe your fans would also kind of find it interesting that, uh, as you said before, you and I have corresponded back and forth about yeah. you know what we're going to talk about and things like that <laughs> and we talked about your book yeah. and about book three your yeah. book three and, and and you called it slopping together porridge yes. and i just I, I got i got a really good laugh out of that but you know because I, I totally get it that's why a lot of first drafts are it's like slopping together porridge yeah. but you know eventually you turn it into a banquet yeah. you know we want you go through the editing and you revise it and you fine tune it, you, you get a pretty good product by the time you're done. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess I just wanted to make sure I didn't do something now. I wanted to get the, I wanted the cake. Okay. <laughs> or I wanted the end product. Yeah, and it's like, right, no, you got it. You, right. And I was stopping myself. So yeah. 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 So yeah. So, yeah. Do you got another question for me or? I sure do. Okay. I've got like, I got 70 questions here. Do you have time to answer all of them? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't have that many. It's more like 60. <laughs> uh, let's talk about Jade. 
Okay. Uh, your main character, Jade. Now, now Jade is a, is so real. I mean, you make her real because she has self doubt and she, and she, uh, uh, she's she has these emotions that you know she has to fight a lot of times and and she also struggles with things yeah okay she had i mean everything from uh you know there's there was a a substance abuse issue that that she may struggle with you know there's there's uh her her issues with her father childhood memory you know and also you know her her sister uh uh sage there's a little bit of sibling jealousy there. She's yeah. she basically considers uh, Sage to be everything that she wishes she was, right? Yes. Yes. So so di- how much of that is being carried over into your into Dealer's Child and then into your third book? Okay. So and I'm just going to give you a heads up. I may have to turn my video off because I keep getting unstable internet. So if my video disappears, Benny, you know I- I'm still here. Okay. Okay, so a lot of, I remember, yeah, Jade looks at, because Sage almost, Sage acts and then thinks about what she does. Okay, where Jade, with the profession she has, she's always thinking about the consequences. So she's, so I think Jade sometimes feels restricted and envious because Sage just goes and does whatever she wants. Right. And right. I have seen that with my daughters. I have one that's a little bit more, she's the one who's, who's going to become the nurse, who, you know, a little bit more thinks things out. And then I have another, our other daughter, who just, boom, she's going to go do it, you know, and don't you dare stop her. Okay. Oh, wow. <laughs> so yeah. I take that sister relationship, some of it from, because I have three older sisters. So some of it from there. And I take some right. of it from what I've seen with our own girls, you know? Um, right. Yeah. So, and yeah, the father, I've been wondering who, who and when someone was going to ask me this. The issues Jade <laughs> has with her father are from real experiences. Yes. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So that's about all I'm going to say about that. Yeah. 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 But there's 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 truth in that book, right? Yeah. Well, if, if you remember, you know, when we talked uh, back in May, you were asking me about about research. Yeah. You know, uh, and I, I said that, you know, basically everything that you experience in life is considered research. Yeah. Yeah. So that would that's the case with with Jade for you is 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 your own life experiences have really influenced and and been part of the research for her character. Right. Yeah. 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 And cool. And um, I just I think of Jade's mother who comes she was such a blast to write about okay just again another free spirit okay who grew up right, in the 60s right. and yeah. i just <laughs> for as much as these women may experience i i i'll say unhappiness 
I also still want them to experience some happiness as well. Right. Yes. So, right, uh, right. yeah. And, and that's good because, you know, readers really identify with characters in a book. Yeah. And, and, and readers, especially uh, characters that they, that they feel something for, you know, yeah. they have the empathy for, they, they cheer, they cheer for those characters, you know, they want them to have a happy ending. They want them, you know, maybe they don't mind seeing them struggle as long as they come out good on the other side. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, it, it's good to have that. Well, and that's, I think, yeah, the readers in it, they, they want, you know, it's that, I think like, do you find when you write, you, you throw all this struggle and conflict at your character but you take pride when you see that character, like you just said, comes out the other side successful, right? Or oh yeah, that's yeah. That is that to me. That is is well. First of all, I'm uh, I'm surprised. Yeah. You know when it happens because I was able to think of a way for them to come out on the other <laughs> side. You know, yeah. uh, but I'm also kind of proud. You know, it's like you know it, uh, every time that your character does something successfully like yeah. that. It builds their strength. It builds that character up, you know. And so you've got great, you know. And and, and I think with, with Jay now, I have to admit I have not read Dealer's Child yet. So please don't 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 hurt me or anything. That's okay. Uh, but, but but the Unraveling is one of my favorite books. It's just oh. the character development is so good. Thank you. And and, and and Jade is one of those characters that you really want to cheer for. You yeah. really do, you know. Yeah. And and you know what, uh, the uh, especially the last paragraph of that of of the unraveling, yeah, she had so much hope, she had so much hope, and it's like, and confidence, yeah, and, and it was like, yes, this is where a book should end, yeah. So yeah, yeah. Uh, and 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 that you know just the, your development, and in your own little life's research and everything, yeah. kind of sucked me into the story of, yeah, good. Good. Well, I'll have to remember that because the thing that was also neat with Dealer's Child is so she does. She's she's been clean for like about five, six months. And she'll say that in yeah. the book. Like, oh, there will be temptations for sure. Right. And she yeah, has a right. bit of that struggle again. I, I'm, I'm remembering a scene now. But yeah. it was neat at the end to write this scene where she's saying, I've been clean for six months. No, no. Seven, seven months now, right? Like it's like she's just she's owning it, right? Like, yeah, I've been good. Absolutely, I've been good. Yeah. yeah. Right. And right. I don't have a substance abuse problem. I just want to make sure people know that. Okay. <laughs> just... <laughs> <laughs> okay, then let me let me move to my next question on that. Yeah. What what kind of research did you do for your second and your third? My daughter. Oh, having a nursing student. Oh, yeah. yeah. My oldest is a nursing student. And I would be telling her about, now, some people pronounce it Vicodin. Some pronounce it Vicodin. Or, you know, yeah, Vi so, Vicodin. Yeah, Vicodin that's how I've, mm -hmm. yeah. So it would be saying to her, this is the type of reaction um, I want her to feel after having taken this. Is this is this the type of reaction you would have, right? And um, I also wanted her, like I have a paranormal element in it too, 
And, the, and, yeah. and so I wanted her to start to doubt, okay, is this really happening? Or is this because I'm on Vicodin, right? I'm taking Vicodin. Oh, wow. That's and, a good little twist there. Yeah. yeah. And I, rem- I don't know in the s- States, but I know in Canada, um, when I know of situations where someone not just even one person where people who have suffered an injury. Okay. Let's say, um, like with Jade, I say she suffered an injury, you know, and, and it was kind of based on the fact of an individual who had suffered an injury, who was prescribed painkillers and couldn't get off those painkillers, you know? And it's like, we got like this, it could happen to anybody. Right. You know, you, so um, that's absolutely yeah. true. Yeah. So then with book two, my daughter Ashley was really helpful. Okay. Um, right. I deal a little bit with, with, with drugs and, and that sort of stuff. But book three, because of her nursing training, we have an area in Vancouver, which is called the downtown east side which is not a good area, okay? Really? Um, yeah. Um, they have, it's just, it's not a good area. And, I, and so she did, with her training, she was um, eight weeks, eight weeks street nurse. And I've never heard of the term street nurse before. And that's there. Yeah. Yeah. And I told <laughs> her, I said, I, I, part of me wants to educate people too, so I said, I want to write about, like, get a street nurse, what it's like being in the downtown east side, you know. And so and she's telling me, she says, okay, I went into this one room, mom. And she goes, cockroaches on the floor, running across the floor, cockroaches running on the, on the wall. And she said, I had to totally zero in on that patient's ailment. She goes, and that's what I did. She goes, I just told myself, look at what you need to, you know, you, you got to do some wound care here block everything else out you know and it's just like i guess i believe in everyday heroes so that's yeah that's what i i i kind of went off on a tangent there benny <laughs> right so but that's where i'm getting that, some of my no, research yeah. i kind of love your tangents to be honest with you <laughs> you know that's that, that that's really cool yeah you know? yeah all right i've got another question Okay. Okay. Then I'm going. I'm looking. I'm marking where mine is here. Okay, for you. Okay. Yes. One. Okay. I, I I hope I'm not. You know, uh, basically dominating the questions here. But nope. I got a lot of stuff I want to know about. <laughs> it, okay. I really do. Uh, and, and this is not just about writing. This is about yeah. you. Okay. Okay. You're a writer. Yeah. All right. You do interviews like these on your yeah. podcast. On yeah. a on a really regular basis. Yeah. Um, you're you're an artist. You do drawings and illustrations. Yeah. Phenomenal. Oh, thank you. Phenomenal drawings and illustrations. And by the way, I've got one that you sent with the, with the book when you sent me the unraveling. Yeah. Uh, that I've got that sucker. I've, I'm using it kind of as a bookmark in, in the unraveling. It's really <laughs> cool. Uh, you do that. Um, you, you know, you've been on author panels. Yeah. You know, like Sisters in Crime and things yeah. like that. Um, you know, and plus you're a reader. Yeah. And you've got Ozzy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How do you find time for all this? Uh, how do you how do you budget your time to do all of this? 
because something like I really need to know. <laughs> yeah, it's it's in segments. It literally might like I get to retire January seventh soon. Yes. So congratulations. Yeah. So, for instance, last week I took vacation time, and we're we still are. It's we still are coping with numbers with this pandemic. So it's not like people and we've got our our awful fall weather with the rain. So it's not like people are going out anywhere. Okay. Right. So I spent last week writing. You know, I I I was writing and um, I will take vacation time to do some writing. Okay. if I can, like now I'm working on the schedule for next year with the podcast and I'm telling myself, having learned that I need to schedule some artists in there just to give my poor eyeballs a bit of a rest from all the, right. from all the reading. Yeah. Okay. Right. There, I, there know what you mean. I come out and I'm just like, oh my God, they're like golf balls. <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I, it's, it's, the time is very like in sections so with working I have a 45 minute lunch break and I'll use 30 minutes of that to 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 write you know so what I'll try to do is at night print out what I've written you know go with the pen and go through it so then on my lunch break, I can then go through and, you know, madly type and, and, and put my timer on. So everything's very, I don't want to say regimented, but at this point, just about regimented. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Now, now, do, do you write uh, or, and do your illustrations on, on weekends when you're not at work? Is that yeah. when you, uh, you do a lot more of that type of artistic type work? Yeah. yeah. And like right now... Um, like it, it, I went through a four months, which is going to sound kind of funny where I didn't create any art and I was getting envious Uh, of the artists I follow on Instagram. I'm like, damn, I want to create something, but it's just, yeah, it, the, the, it wasn't happening. So, uh, dealer's child is out, right? It's done. Um, so I'm spending, I'm making, I don't want to say making myself, but for my own mental health and relaxation, I've started doing some art. Okay. And it's not a motorcycle. I haven't done any motorcycles in a while just because that those need a level of concentration. And I'm, I'm scared I'm going to be interrupted because of something else. So I want to make sure I'm, I've got time to do a motorcycle, right? I've got yeah. one picked out. I've got, I've already got the picture, like the photo picked out and I've checked with the people and they said, yeah, 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 you can illustrate it. So it's just. Oh, how cool. Yeah. It's purple. Yeah. It's a purple bike. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. So well, that, that, that that's, I, I just don't see how you have time to do all. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. I, I there's no way I could budget my time the way you do. I just, you know, all that with a full-time job. Yeah. I just, I'm envious. 
Oh, well, I am. <laughs> well, here's the thing, though. It's like my husband said to me, he goes, now when you retire, you're going to have to deal with having time. You're, I'm so used to like sections of time here and there. So now I'm going to be mm -hmm. half time and it's going to be like, what do I do? So anyways, so I've got a question for you here. Okay. Okay. So I'm wondering, I'm finding each book is a different writing experience. Okay. Um, there's nothing formulaic. I wrote Dealer's Child different than I wrote the first book. I'm writing the third book different from the second. So thinking of your books, was there one book that was easier to write or more difficult to write? Or just how are you finding the writing with all three of them? Yeah. Uh, uh, the second book by far was the easiest. Okay. Uh, even though it took me a long time to write it just because of my crazy schedule and I'm, you know, procrastinate more than I need to and things okay. like that. Uh, uh, the, the, the third book, which is the second in my Bodie Anderson series book is, is to me is becoming the hardest to write. Okay. Um, and, and you're going to think this is crazy, but I think, <laughs> <laughs> maybe not i don't know you may understand where i'm coming from when you write crime fiction it is so difficult to think of a scenario where a crime occurs because there are cameras everywhere right yeah and, and you know because a lot of times you well nowadays in real life uh, nowadays you know the the police or whatever authorities they will say well let's see if there's a security camera that caught the crime on video yeah well you know if you're going to write a really good uh, intriguing story you got to make it happen where there aren't cameras or yeah. make it so so that the cameras don't come into play and my gosh that is difficult and that's one of the problems i'm really having with this with this uh sequel to code gray okay uh it, it uh and by the way, I'm calling it Boomslang. Oh, neat. Yeah. If you don't know what Boomslang is, it's a type of snake over, okay. in, over in Africa. It's a okay. poisonous tree snake. Uh, oh, wow. Uh, but that's, that's, I don't know how I came up with that name. But anyway, that's just, like I said, I'm kind of weird. So, uh, <laughs> but, but I, but I, uh, as far as uh, Mile Marker Zero, yeah. the biggest struggle I had with that, yeah. seriously, was just how, how am I going to come up with, 52 murders yeah you know oh my gosh that's a lot of people that uh, and, and each one needs to be kind of done in a little bit different way so i had to research that yeah you know and it crisscrosses all over the united states so i had to literally research each town that he went right. into and landmarks and streets and and all kinds of stuff so um the the research that I had to do for that, for, for uh, Mile Marker Zero, was so much different than my Bodie Anderson series. It's, it's a whole different animal, whole whole different animal. And I was a little bit out of my element, yeah. you know, trying to figure out uh, how this serial killer is going to do what he does. Yeah. Uh, but it, it was tough. It was, it was really tough. See, and I'm finding that with the third book and that. Uh-huh. Do I know any spies? No. 
Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how many spies, right? Do Not I know, that you know of, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> do, I, do I know anyone who used to belong to CSIS? No. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking things up on the internet, and I'm, I'm, I'm just like, oh, my God. Like, I'm just waiting for the RCMP to come knocking on my door, like looking at my internet. <laughs> <laughs> right. So yeah. Right. What I what I did find though is and I take any recommendations. I'm reading almost like spy memoirs, you know, mm-hmm. to like um Life Undercover. I'm reading that book. Right. And right. um I've now tuned into I'm listening to I guess you could say um they're like spy podcasts and they yeah. are fascinating. Okay. I like, bet. Oh I bet my they are. God, they're fascinating. So that's where I'm, I learned the term open source intelligence, which is just what you're doing, looking up stuff on the internet. And I thought, wow, okay. <laughs> I learned something. So that's cool, I did, right? I didn't know that term. Yeah. yeah. But do you know any spies? Like I'm trying to figure out who I usually like, for example, like with Dealer's Child, there's a retired Vic PD police officer who I said, do you mind reading this and, and pointing out where I may have, you know, done something wrong. I have a lawyer who's a yeah. prosecutor. She's a, a reader, you know, because he, laws change. So what I remembered, right. things have changed. They call it something different now. Right. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I just, yeah. A- yeah. Anyone who knows of someone who used to belong to, I don't know any spies, and if I if I did, I wouldn't be able to admit it to you. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> because then I wouldn't be able to write anymore because I would be dead. They would yeah. have to kill yeah. me. So that's but, the- but no, I I don't know any. Yeah. So that's that's a bit out of my element there. So I'm just trying yeah. to read as many memoirs and listen to as many podcasts as I can. Right. So. Yep. Yeah. But the thing, a lot of research. Yeah. But the thing mm-hmm. that's been cool is with Dealer's Child, I brought in any scenes with the 60s. I brought in the 60s music, which was really cool. Oh, cool. Yeah. 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 So with this one, there's a conversation between almost like a handler trying to get the spy back in from retirement and it was neat to um, bring in political events, you know, like that's what's been neat to try to because it's a different perspective. Like that's been neat. Right. This, the character is going to have a different perspective. So, yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. OK. So. All right. Well, I've got another question for you. And it'll be okay. my last question, if you don't mind. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you, you talk at the very beginning about self-promotion. You know, we got it. Yeah. We got to promote ourselves. And uh, you, you do uh, book trailers for your yeah. books. And uh, I was just before we, we got started, I was looking at the uh, the trailer that you made for Dealer's Child. Yeah. Uh, that uh, got some really kick ass music in it. And, <laughs> it's, you know, it's kind of gritty, you yeah. know, a little bit of gritty. But I got to ask, whose voice do we hear? There's a man speaking on there. Whose voice is that? That is my friend's husband, who's the retired. So the first, so for Dealer's Child, that's the retired police officer. Okay. 
Aha. Yeah. And, and I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. It fits. <laughs> How cool. It fits, you know, and yeah. I, I was talking with her and I said, I would, if he is up to it, I would love to have his voice saying these words, you know, and that's where he came in and he said, <laughs> he said to me, because originally I'd written, um, sorry to inform you, Jade, uh, your father is dead. And he, right. he says, Joanna, that's a little blunt. <laughs> I thought, well, that's me. <laughs> you know? and he goes, we wouldn't really tell next of kin that their parent is dead, we'd say. And, he, and so then that was help, like just those little things, right? Oh, cool. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. And then with the first trailer for The Unraveling, that's my husband. Okay. So, okay. Uh, and the, the cool, the fun thing with that was, so I had set up the laptop, I'd set up the microphone, and I, I showed him the line. And uh, originally he was the voice of the judge. Like the judge was going to ask the jury, you know, what their verdict was. And for me, I had doubts about his voice as the judge. And I ah. asked a few people and they said, yeah, yeah, it, it, they didn't think it quite fit. So then I said, okay, we need to redo this. And I go, you're going to be the jury member. Like in Canada, it's the jury, the, I forget what he's called. The, but you have like one person on the jury, the four, I think it's the foreman. I can't remember who comes in and says what the verdict is. Okay. Yeah. And um, I told him, I said, you're going to come in and you're the foreman of the jury. And he goes, I'm not the judge. I said, no, no, you're not. The judge. I wanted to be the judge. No, you're not the judge. <laughs> you know? you're the, so I'm the foreman. So what do I read? And I told him, I said, you get to deliver the verdict. Okay. And he's like, oh, okay. So I had him set up and I set the, the mic up and then I just kind of like pointed to him, like, go and then he just broke out laughing, you know, so and that's the, he, you know, he did. He said, you have to leave the room. OK, uh, I'm going to do this. Okay. So, uh, yeah, yeah. So those are the voices. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. That, that yeah. really is. That's, that's, yeah. See, uh, the, the, these are things that I think some of your fans want to know about yeah. the things that you do. Uh, you know, where did you get the voices in it? And, and, and things like that? Well, the cool thing I've found with creating the trailer is, you know, it was neat looking through this film stock that you can, you can get. And right. there's a picture of a man, an older man. He's got a pink tie on and it's near the beginning of the dealer's child trailer. And when I saw that man, I thought, that's Norman. That's Norman Best, oh. right? That's yeah. Knox from the first book cleaned up mm -hmm. as Norman Bestine. And I thought that's him. And so then now that's the image I have when I'm, I'm writing. You know? Oh, you're writing it, right? Yeah. yeah. So that's been really oh, cool. cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. how cool is that? That's great. That's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. So well. can I ask, get, get a question from you? I've got a question for you, Benny. Well, let's let's hear it then. Let's okay. see if I can fight my way through it. Okay, okay. So actually, here we go. Um, let's do with this one. So, 
we both admit we're pantsers, okay? Like, yeah. we don't plot, right? Um, and like I said, I'm, I'm finding with this book, book three, I'm writing one angle, one storyline, and I'm thinking I haven't touched upon the second storyline, you know, and I'm, I'm kind of fleshing it out. There's no rhyme or reason to how I'm getting the story down on paper. So I was wondering, what were some of the challenges writing Mile Marker Zero? Um, did you like just kind of focused on one storyline? Or it, it sounds like a, a big novel when you were mentioning about going across the different states. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It, uh, the, the big challenge uh, for, for me, other than trying to figure out, you know, how's he going to kill these people? was the in-between, the okay. in-between the murders, because uh, he, he drives a, a car yeah. from one city to another, and, and he, he'll get, he, he, it's a rental car that, that he, he'll drive from one city uh, to another, and then in that second city, he'll, he'll get a new rental car and then drive to another town, and then he'll kill somebody along the way, and just, yeah. he just keeps moving. Um, other than trying to figure out how he was going to kill somebody, uh, the the mileage between his destinations yeah. had to come into play yeah. because I I used his driving time. Yeah. Uh, he's kind of like one of these uh, 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 armchair psychiatrists. He tries to evaluate himself. He thinks he yeah. he knows he's kind of a little bit crazy, uh, and he's evaluating why he's doing these things and his justification for doing them, things like that. So. And he does that while he's driving. So yeah. I can't have him go from, uh, you know, say from uh, Vancouver to Seattle, which is not really that far of a drive. Yeah. Uh, I've got to have him drive six, seven, eight hours okay. uh, to where he can self-reflect and all. And, and that became a struggle. It, yeah. it really did because um, when you're in the eastern United States, the states are typically smaller. Okay. And then you move out west and the states get bigger. Okay. Uh, uh, you know, Texas is a really big state and, and then California's big and, and, and uh, but in the east you've got you've got Connecticut, you've got Vermont, you've got New Hampshire, uh, Massachusetts, they're much smaller states. Yeah. Uh, and he tries not to kill two people in the same state you know, back to back. Yeah. And so I've got to have him kind of keep zigzagging. And that was tough. That okay. was actually kind of tough to do that. Um, I think I finally figured it out though. Good. Good. Hopefully we'll, we'll see what readers think of it. You know, we'll, well see. what I found now, you know, you, when the, the murders happen, you do it tastefully. Okay, so I, I like right. I like that. I like that. And as I'm reading about this guy, I'm wondering what's going to happen to him? You know, like th that's what I'm thinking. What's going to happen to this guy? Okay. Yeah. And that's, yeah. I'd say that shows your writing, you know, and Thank like, you. can I, I would love to read just some of your writing with this. You say how this guy okay. starts to self-analyze, okay. right? Sure, go ahead. And so we're, we're in the murderer's head. And like you mentioned earlier, we learn about his anger. We learn about his dis 
disappointments. And he, I think he's, it's when he's in the coffee shop and he says, yeah, th- he says something along the lines of, yeah, I think I'm a little crazy. Like he says right. a little. Uh-huh. Okay? Uh-huh. And then he, uh-huh. this I thought was so cool where you write the cartoon version of insanity with wild eyes and hair that looks like it was combed with a pair of jump jumper cables. You know, and I, I just, I saw that. And that's for me as a reader. I like, I like to, I could just, I could see it. Right? You know, like, like he's, because what he's thinking is, yeah, I'm a little crazy, but, and I should have given more context to this, but he's saying, I'm not the cartoon version of insanity, you know, with wild eyes and, and right. like, you know, so I thought that was really good. And like I said, well, I'm wondering what's going to happen to this man knowing that he's a serial killer. Like, it, it, and like, I'm, yeah. And then you have the scene where the police car, the policeman gets out and he's looking at his car and you're sitting there. It's like you're sitting there and you're watching it all play out. And it's like, what's going to happen? Uh-huh. Right. So, yeah, yeah. He doesn't know what's going to happen either. He doesn't know what's going to happen. <laughs> you know, he, he he has a few little expletives, you know, when he realized that the cop's looking for him. Yeah. Uh, uh, I've got to tell you, though, about the jumper cable thing. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what, yeah, I grew up in, in the southeast in, the, in, in Tennessee, uh, and people are kind of colorful in the way they say things in, yeah. in the south. Um, yeah. And And when I was young, I heard, uh, you've, you've heard people talk about bedhead, you know, they yeah. wake up, their hair is just a mess. You know, um, I heard somebody ask if they had combed their hair with an egg beater. <laughs> and, and, and I thought that was one of the funniest things I've ever heard at the yeah. time. And then I got to reading, you know, through life and, you know, as I was growing up. And then I read where somebody asked if they combed their hair with a firecracker. Okay. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> and then, and then, I heard somebody say, what'd you comb your hair with, lightning? And, and, okay. and, and, and I thought, that is just a, a funny image, you yeah. know, to me. Yeah. And so I thought, okay, well, I don't want to say, I don't want to steal that line yeah. from somebody. How can I kind of do a play on that? Well, yeah. you know, jumper cables have electricity. and yeah. just, So I just, so I, that just came to my mind. That's where that came from. I, uh, the, the book has... A little bit of humor like that yeah. sprinkled through it, uh, you know. The, the and, and the whole thing, all these thoughts are just in his head, you know. Yeah. Uh, just funny stuff. I kind of like funny stuff like that, yeah. you know. Yeah. Uh, every, every once in a while, it kind of takes a little bit of the gruesomeness out of the story, uh, because I will give you a warning that this this book is the violence is ramped up compared to Code Gray. It's yeah. uh, the some of the some of the murders are, I won't say gruesome gruesome, but they're yeah. pretty violent. Yeah. Uh, uh, and I try to tamp it down with a little bit of humor here yeah. and there. In the book. Well, just the writing. I mean, like there was another one where, you know, he you have these gems where the writing and you know the the bad guy were in his point of view and you know he's referring to rolling up a body and just you wrote rolled her up like a homemade cigarette and i just thought that's <laughs> like it's it's well, fantastic i got like the writing you. yeah yeah 
Yeah, Definitely. Yeah, I'm he, a big he, fan, Benny. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm a bigger fan of you. So, you know, I guess we're on equal terms here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so do you have one more question or? Well, I, like I said, I had 70. Oh, I had 70. <laughs> but, uh, the, basically the things that I, that, that I wanted to know about you, you know, yeah. the, 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 the struggles that Jade has yeah. and, and, you know, your, your, how you've managed to find the time to do everything and, yeah. and, and, and things like that. You've done a great job of answering. Oh, uh, and, you know, uh, we need to do this again. Yeah. Yeah. We definitely do. Uh, because this has been an hour and it's gone by like, like, like a heartbeat, you know, yeah. And and uh, it's so much fun talking to you. Yeah. But by the time we talk next time, I will have seventy questions for you. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's good. That's good. Yeah. Right. Well, let keep us in the loop. Whether it's on Facebook or will you be. know, yeah, keep us in the loop. I'm curious to know how your book trailer is going to be with mile marker zero. That's going to be I'm interesting. Yeah, it's going to be interesting how I, I, I got to figure that one out. Yeah. I may have to get some help from someone with artistic abilities. You know anybody like that? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> okay. Sounds yeah. great. Okay, Benny. Okay, well, you have a good, it'd be afternoon. Yeah, it's about it's afternoon. afternoon here, man. Yeah. It's afternoon and, here. And it's still pouring rain outside. So, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy okay. the rain. Okay. Okay.